Good morning to you, soccer fans. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And while you hear the energy and excitement in my voice, it's because I have a chance to hang out with you fine folks for the next hour or so, talking all things Indy 11. Obviously, nothing new as of now. The training moratorium, as far as when the earliest that the Indy 11 could take to the training pitch, has been pushed back uh, until early May, which isn't that far from now, here on April the 25th. Again, about 10 days away is the earliest in which they could return to the field, but obviously that could be pushed back as we are now going on seven weeks since the Indy 11 last took to the field a 4-2 victory against Memphis 901. As far as an official restart date for the season, we haven't had an announcement on that front yet either. And again, the league has taken, I think, the right approach in simply saying, hey, let's not set arbitrary dates and continue to move them back. Let's kind of read and react and wait and see how things are developing across the country as far as a resumption of this season is concerned. So what we are left to do in this hour is keep you up to date with all things taking place with the Indy 11. Obviously, none of them from an on-field perspective yet, but a chance to catch up with current and former members of the team. And two of my favorite interviews in my seven years of doing this program and my affiliation with the Indy 11, you will hear those coming up in this segment of the program. Not these specific interviews. I think they're both going to be really good, but people to talk with. Of the current variety, Drew Connor of the Indy 11, of course, midfielder who was signed at the beginning of August last year, part of a uh, wave of changes to bolster the roster towards the tail end of last year, and Drew has stuck with the team going forward. We'll talk to Drew coming up in the next segment of the show. And then we'll talk to the gentleman that wore the captain's armband in both 2016 and 2017, helped lead the Indy 11 to North American Soccer League Spring Season Championship, and these days... Well, he's tipping, uh, He's putting his toe into the water as far as coaching is concerned. Now with the Sacramento Republic and the Western Conference, Colin Falvey will be our guest on the show. And if time allows, I have a snippet of audio from a longer conversation from another multi-time, long-time guest and a very impactful uh, person in the history of the Indy 11. We'll see how long of a soundbite I will have time for after these two great conversations with both Drew and Colin, but I will tell you where you can find said conversation in long form coming up at the end of the show. But first things first, let's tell you when you can watch at least some past Indy 11 greatness coming up uh, over the course of this weekend. Every Wednesday and Saturday, it is an Indy 11 YouTube classic. They debut at 7 o'clock tonight. The half-court heave from Sergio Pena. The road win in April of 2015. The longest of long-distance dedications in the history of the Indy 11. A victory in San Antonio. That comes your way tonight at 7 o'clock. Then tomorrow, we are in the midst of the third match of four Sundays in a row where you will see an Indy 11 classic uh, on My Indy TV. The miracle at the mic is this weekend's selection. Relive that night against the Carolina Railhawks tomorrow at 4 on your television home for Indy 11 soccer on My Indy TV 23. So that's where you can watch the boys in blue from days gone by. Right here is where you can hear from the boys in blue, either current or former edition. We start with the current. Drew Cotter, he joins us next. It is Soccer Saturday, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. 
Welcome back. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 or 107.5 The Fan. Although I think we can call it Professional Footy Funball Saturday. At least I believe the origin of that phrase that the Indy 11 has taken to use as part of its Twitter handle comes from a man that is spending his first full season with the Indy 11 after joining the team last year in August. It's midfielder Drew Connor that is our player guest on the show this morning. Hello, my friend. How you doing? Greg, I missed you, buddy. How are you? <laughs> we miss everybody at this point, but I always <laughs> miss our conversations together because they happen with the greatest of ease. So uh, do you mind explaining to the listening audience the origin of the phrase professional footy fun ball? Yeah. Um, first of all, I didn't intend for that to, to blow up or end up being our official like Twitter description. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... No, I was on Twitter. Uh, one of the old fans of the Chicago Fire, Nicole Hack, um, you know, basically posted a screenshot of her conversation with a man who she she had met on a dating site, um, and you know, she called she called the game soccer, and the guy was offended and wanted to call it football, and that's like a for me, it's it's such a weird thing because yes, globally we sure. call it football, but I'm all about like owning soccer. Like, we're American, right? Let's just own it. I probably I probably use it, Drew, interchangeably in, like, my own conversations. And the specific example I remember when Gerardo Toronto played here for the year and a half that he did, I remember he would catch himself saying football and then would say soccer. And I literally stopped him like, buddy, it's okay. We know what you're talking about. You can, <laughs> you, you can say either one of them. Where you're from, it's called football, and it's cool. But I like the fact that you're wanting to own soccer as the American term. I dig well, that. Yeah, let's just own it. We're different and also like who cares like call it whatever you want so that's why i tweeted back at her and i was like look this guy's a dork call it whatever you want i'm gonna call it you know footy fun ball from now on and for whatever reason the tweet blew up i don't know how many you know likes or retweets it got but then yeah our our media guys at indy 11 liked it and now our team is uh you know Indy 11 professional footy fun ball. So, that, yeah, that's, that's the story. As, as you have probably realized, if you go back and watch a game, you know, I, I try to have my individual comments about a player. Whenever the ball is at their feet or whenever there's like an isolated tight shot of you on screen. So you realize that like the first game back, whenever that may be, and you appear on camera, that I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, professional footy fun ball player drew connor you know that's going to be imprinted for like the rest of the year that's awesome and that's all i've ever wanted (laughs) the man that scored a brace with his face drew connor joining us here on soccer saturday on 93.5 and and 107.5 the fans so i know that you have been quarantined with your roommate in tyler gibson how you guys hanging in together we're all right, man. Tyler keeps a pretty strict diet. So, yeah, celery juice every morning. Um, we're just working out together and trying to stay fit, man. Um, you know, everyone's kind of going through this right now. Um, seems like the dates of which we're going to start keep getting pushed back. Right. Um, so we might, you know, as of right now, um, you know, we're looking to start up in a couple weeks here, but I'm prepared for that to potentially get moved back. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out and, um, you know, how the, um, uh, you know, the league decides to, uh, to organize and, 
and kind of structure the rest of the season that makes sense. So speaking of you and Tyler, a couple of weeks, or maybe three weeks ago now on social media, uh, you were the subject of a cooking show. You were both the star, at least co-star, and director of the film, I believe, as well. So uh, share with the class what you guys uh, put together for the show. Yeah, we uh, we posted a video on Twitter and Instagram TV. Uh, you can check it out at uh, you know Indy Eleven or Indy Eleven Professional Footy Fun Ball, I guess. But it's uh, yeah, it's basically a cook off between Tyler and I. Tyler's known for cooking super super healthy meals that taste amazing. I'm I'm very lucky to have him as a roommate. <laughs> um, you know, but I always I always get a little bit hated on for my teammates because I'm never the one cooking. And so I saw this as an opportunity to showcase my skills and implement some of my, uh, my mother's famous uh, Italian recipe um, for, for the sauce um, that goes over some pasta. So I don't want to spoil it sure. um, for any of the listeners out there, but uh, go check it out. It's, it's pretty awesome. Now, did it meet apparently what are Tyler's strict nutritional requirements, or did he have to kind of fudge it a little bit there? Um, I think it's completely out of bounds. I don't personally, I mean, it's not, none of what I made is serious, uh, or should be taken seriously. And I don't think any human should ever eat what I made. Um, but, but no, no, definitely not, not with Tyler's, uh, strict guidelines and standards. Oh, I only take you serious on a on, on a soccer pitch. Other than that, they're, they're, everything is with a grain of salt. Believe everything, me. everything else is a joke, which is why you make such a wonderful conversation, uh, when we have you <laughs> on the program. So, uh, let me stick with, with, uh, with dietary or the antithesis of that, uh, since you are a proud Wisconsin Badger. My wife has a master's degree from Madison, so I was never a student there, but I have spent a lot of time uh, in that great area uh, over the last 15 years. So if, if carryout could show up magically at your door, something piping hot and fresh from Madison, if you could order one thing, what would it be? Dude, it's gonna be. It's either gonna be two things. It's gonna be like a mac and cheese pizza from Ian's Pizza, which is famous in Madison, or um, just a simple, you know, brat sandwich from Brats on State Street yep. with a side of cheese curds and maybe like a spotted cow beer. Uh, from New, New Glarus. Uh, that is the typical Wisconsin order right there. From a pizza standpoint, for whatever reason, I tend to be more of a Roman candle person. Like, I stumbled on it a few years ago, like, over on, like, the north end of campus, like, really on the Isthmus. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, oh, yeah. and we're all, like, the uh, like, like, like there's a Thai restaurant and a Burmese restaurant, and there's this Roman candle as you're going kind of away from downtown campus. That's, uh, like, always my spot when we go back to Madison. But if, I, if, if somebody's asking, hey, I'm just looking for the place to get a beer, I want to get a place to close to hang to campus, without doubt, State Street Brats is the first place I send anybody. That that to, that to me is like the ultimate Wisconsin Madison drinking experience. Dude, it's the best. And per Wisconsin state law, you know, you can enter uh, a bar, you know, with with a legal guardian. So that was the first uh, that was the first bar that I was, uh, you know. I guess, legally allowed in, um, you know, under the age of 21. So I think it was my freshman year after a game. My dad took me in there and, you know, we were able to have a beer together and a brat. And yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget that, man. Madison's a special place. All right. So I guess the best way to transition from, Hey, let's go get tanked at state street brats is to go back to talking about your workout routine, because you have told me you have kind of uh, gone your own way and initiated something new these last few days. Tell me about it. Yeah, um, I started a, uh, a business, I, I guess you could call it. Um, website's up now. 
It's called Winning Ways. The website is winningwaystraining.com. Um, and basically with a partner of mine from Madison, Rob Kehoe, and his father, who's a, who's a famous uh, sports psychologist. He works with the NCAA for a long time. Um, we developed like a technical and physical curriculum for basically players of all ages, um, you know, ranging from, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-olds through the high school level and then even all the way up from college and pro. It's, it's basically a, just a fundamental um, ball control, ball handling routine, um, you know, that you can work on from your phone. Um, and it gives you, like, soccer-specific workouts to go along with it. So it's unique in the sense that it has both a physical body weight workout um, and, a, and a ball control ball handling routine that you know you just don't need a lot of equipment all you need is yourself and a ball and obviously that's kind of what we all have right now we got phones we got a yard you've not you find an open space and again is this for all ages all levels specifically geared to anybody in particular yeah i mean i think for any pro it's good maintenance just to refine and clean up your footwork um, but I could see this being super, super beneficial for kids ages 9 through 14, um, especially kids that are just starting out playing soccer um, or kids just trying to take their game to the next level. Um, I think this could be a super, super helpful tool. All right. I want to go back to, to the Madison reference for a second. I think the last time you and I spoke, we had spoken about my conversation with Peter Wilt where he thought he had you last year for Ford Madison because you were awfully close to finishing your degree have you thought about t- trying to wrap up said said degree and, and kind of the downtime that we have right now? Um, no, not really. Uh, not <laughs> I, I have uh, you know I got about sixteen credits left, most of which is you know are electives. Um, I got the bulk, pretty much the bulk of my degree finished. But um, no, man, I I, I do want to finish my degree in Madison. So when that happens, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, maybe a couple of years down the line, I can call old Pete and we'll, we'll work something out. Uh, Pete, Pete's global now. You know, he's going from market to market, so you, you won't be able Pete's, to find Pete's him. He's always been global. Well, well there's, and, and sometimes a ghost, uh, and that's a conversation that we can have for, for, for a different day. So what's the major, what's, what's the degree going to be in once you get it at UW? It's, uh, it's life science communication, so it, it kind of involves, um, you know, the basics of a communications degree, but also how that can be implemented in media and technology. So kind of similar to what I'm doing right now with the winning ways training. All right. So again, the website for your training site, one more time is winningwaystraining.com. All right. Very simple. Like that couple quick things and we'll let drew go. Obviously we can't control when the training moratorium is lifted and when the first games come back, um, but a couple things that I can ask you about. A, whenever you guys are allowed to get back onto the training pitch as a team, how much time will you guys need to be ready to restart the season? Well, I think part of that is, you know, we want to minimize, um, you know, another preseason. So we don't want to have to go in, you know, train for a full month and get everybody fit. Um, and kind of start all over, I think, you know, our coaches have been sending workouts. The guys have been doing a good job of staying busy. So I think the amount of time that we can minimize just getting back and fit will go a long way. Um, One thing I'll say is that, you know, with this quarantine, the guys have been able to, uh, a lot of us live at the same place. So the guys have been getting to know each other a little bit better, um, get more familiar. I'm just excited, um, you know, for the group that we have moving forward. It's kind of a bummer 
um, for a lot of reasons that we're all going through this, but this is this is a damn good team, and, yep. and I'm just excited to see what we can do once we get back on the field. Well, kind of to that point, uh, knowing that, you know, cr- cross our fingers, it's June, maybe it's July. We, we just don't know when the season is going to restart. There's a very good chance that all of a sudden now this team is going from playing a handful of midweek matches to almost playing, like, say, every Saturday, every Wednesday, and averaging two matches a week. Because of the depth of this team, would this group be better equipped to handle that than, say, most would? Yeah, I think if the season gets condensed and there's two games a week, I don't think there's a better team fit for it. I think we have enough good players where we could field two separate 11s, um, and both those 11s could come, you know, or could, could, could potentially clinch playoffs. Um, this team is stacked. It's deep. There's camaraderie. Um, there's chemistry. And so if we do have to take on a condensed schedule, I feel very, very confident um, that this team's going to be able to, uh, to capitalize on that. If we do have two separate 11s, one will be called the Indy 11. Drew's team will be called Indy Professional Footy Funball. That's the way we will separate Thanks. these two Thanks. teams. You're welcome. WinningWaysTraining.com to find out more about what Drew is doing these days and how he could potentially help your young soccer player become a better player, more fit, more trained, etc. Buddy, it's always good to catch up with you. Stay safe. We look forward to seeing you in person as soon as we possibly can. Likewise. Thanks a lot, Craig. Again, Drew just getting started in his Indy 11 career his first full season with the club, year number two in total of playing with Indy 11. A guy that spent two great years here with the Indy 11, including wearing the captain's armband for a large chunk of that time. Our catching up with player guest will be Colin Falvey. He joins us next. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. A long-awaited guest on this program. Spent two years with the Indy 11, a large portion of that as the team captain. I think 52 matches in total is what he ended up playing in his two-year stint here in Indianapolis. At the end of last season, decided it was time to retire as a player. Now an assistant coach out in the Western Conference of the USL Championship in Sacramento, it is Colin Falvey that stops by to say hello this morning. It has been too long, my friend. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, yeah, definitely long overdue, man. Excited to talk to you and, and talk football and, and Indianapolis and everything in, in general. I miss you guys. Well, let's talk about just, you know, obviously we've all been in shutdown mode now for the last six weeks. How have you kept your sanity? Um, you know, it was at the beginning, you know, you kind of start to think like, oh, you know, this, you know, we'll be okay. This is going to be a short-term thing. And then obviously, uh, you know, we got to more, uh, know more about what was going on and uh, you realize this is, is quite serious. And um, what we've done, what we've done to kind of keep busy, we've obviously, we've got the boys on Zoom every morning doing the workouts. Our strength and conditioning guy has been great. Um He's actually even set up uh, twice a week for the for the old timers like myself for the staff staff <laughs> workouts. Um, we do that. We're obviously we're we're doing a lot of computer work regarding scouting players, scouting opponents, um, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, tying up some some work on presentations. 
Uh, and then just little fun stuff to keep the boys interacted, whether it be quiz games, um, different apps we're using, you know, just to keep the boys going. Sometimes we just we just have a little Zoom call where it's uh, nothing to do with football, where we just talk about uh, anything, you know, it could be other sports, it could be uh, recommended documentaries, uh, stuff like that. So we're just we're trying to be creative, and and and, and uh, the good thing is with the internet and, and and all our connections in football, there's always new ideas popping up, and thankfully we're lucky enough to be able to share all that stuff. In the segment before you, we had Drew Connor from the current team on, and I said, "All right," I said, "How much longer?" In other words, we can't control when the training moratorium gets lifted. We can't control when the season restarts. But once things get back going, how long do you need to be able to train and be ready to start the season over again? I was interested to see what what the player's perspective was. Now I get to get a coach's perspective. How long do you need with these guys on a field before you can go out to start playing again? Um, Look, Greg, an ideal world, you know, I think – Realistically, you need you'd love to have a month. You'd love to have four weeks that would um, help 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 the teams prepare. Maybe get some games in stuff like that. But obviously, that's that's I don't think that's achievable. Um, just with the time frame that we're looking at, and um, I think if you ask all the players, honestly, this isn't ideal. But I, I'm just getting feedback when we have open conversations with our guys. I mean, I, they're ready. They're they're like us. They're chomping at the bit to get back on the field. If you ask them right now, hey, in seven days you're going to play a behind closed doors game. I think they take it. Sure. Um, I think, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think all the teams will be in the same boat, not quite fit, not quite sharp, and it's just going to be a case of your opening two, three games of, of the season. Uh, you're 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 trying to get all them things on board, but everyone's in the same boat. Um, I do think it's important when they do get back up and running that um, that you're not having some teams playing two and three preseason games and others playing none. I think it has to be a clear um, clear plan. But I'm sure USL are thinking about all them things. Um, yeah. So from an ideal world, you know, you'd love four weeks. You'd be happy if you get two, but. And the way things are going, you know, I, I, just talking to our players, they're 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 willing and able to jump on a bus and take long bus rides, so there's no air travel, playing within seven days, all them kind of things. You know, what their players at the end of the day they just want to yep. they want to do what they love, um, and they want to get back out there, same as us. We 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 want to be back uh, involved in an environment that we're lucky enough uh, to be working in, and. Um, something that we definitely, definitely miss and something we really enjoy. At the end of last season, did you know, hey, that this is it for me as a player? Or was it this specific job offer that you said, you know what, I think it's time to me to, for me to make that transition from playing to coaching? Uh, <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know. I actually more or less made the decision 12 months ago. Um, I went I went to Chattanooga to help Tim um, on the coaching side. Um, just to get my my feet wet and my teeth stuck into that and um, typical Tim um, persuaded me to play a couple of games at one point when we were really struggling on numbers with the defenders um, because at that point I, I 
joined in a couple of days a week and I was keeping a you know decent level of fitness so yep. it was okay it was okay um but I realized when I went went back and done it I realized that I'd made my decision previously but I obviously went back and wanted to help the team and helped him um you know you know my character I'm not one to to uh try to let anybody down and someone asks I'm going to try um so but after I played the games and we got some bodies back and um, started to feel <laughs> the reasons <laughs> after games, the reasons in my legs after games that I had felt, felt the previous uh, season, um, I definitely got my, you know, uh, verica- verification that, yeah, it was time. And, um, and also, not even just the legs kind of going a little bit, um, just I was, I, I was, my mind had gone over to the other side. I was enjoying that much, much more. I wanted to help the guys more. I was more studying uh, my my courses. I was more stuck into the computer with with doing all the uh, um, the graphics and all that stuff, the the presentations, all that stuff. I I, I clearly moved on. Yep. Um, but but um, that twelve months, I'm thankful, very thankful to Tim. Um, you know, to kind of see from a day-to-day operational uh, how to run sessions and um, even even not, running the sessions as fine as I've been in the game a long time. It's just uh, just here how it all stitched together, even off the field stuff, um, being a part of meetings that as a player you would never be involved in, um, whether it's something to do with travel, whether it's, um, you know, organising... Um, uh, you know, food for the guys or whatever, maybe every little single aspect that goes in behind the scenes of players. And believe me, I was one that you, you probably take for granted and forget about. Um, it was great to kind of see how it all stitches together and how how, how a weekly schedule should work. And um thankful for that. And, and, and then, yeah, the plan was to stay in Chattanooga. Um, I had some other phone calls and interesting uh, conversations. Um, and, then, and then this came up. Uh, this kind of came out of the blue, and uh, with the direction the club here is going in, um, and, and how much they believed in me and wanted me to come, and uh, it was a no-brainer for me. I couldn't, I couldn't say yes quick enough. Again, Colin Falvey, our guest here on Soccer Saturday on ninety-three-five and one hundred seven-five. The fan. It wasn't just Tim you were with in Chattanooga, Coach Hank. But it was obviously Eamon. What was it like going from, you know, being his teammate here for two years, being his roommate for part of that time, to where you're now coaching him out on the training pitch last year? Yeah, it's it's. You know what, Greg? It's I've been lucky enough that I was captain for quite a few different clubs that um, I had the responsibility to kind of oversee a group anyway, which a lot of it is. Uh, when you step into the coaching world, you, you're 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 overseeing everybody, you're looking after everybody. It's not just you, you know. Um, and as a captain, that's one of that's a big responsibility. So I was lucky that I had a little bit of that background from playing. Um, but it was yeah, obviously a relationship with Eamon. Um, my relationship with Eamon, it, it was funny. I think at the time he was like, at the time he was getting not as many minutes as you like. Um, and I think um, I think towards the end when I had to take some of the games when when Tim was away, um, 
I think he, I think he thought I was automatically going to pick him, and uh, <laughs> I, I still, I still, uh, I still, I still gave him a whole twelve minutes, so he should be thankful for that. <laughs> twelve more minutes, maybe than he deserves to deserve, but that'll be a conversation for you know for, for a different day. Uh, it, it was good. Eamon's the top. Listen, we've great relationship. Eamon, Eamon gets it. He's 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 dabbling in the coaching stuff yeah. himself, so he he understands when, um, you know that was a very very. Very, very clear line. I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm very um, firm and, and, and make things clear on that. Like it's, you know, there's a line where business needs to get done, the work needs to get done. You get your points across. There's feedback. Obviously, it's a great relationship that they're able to bounce ideas off each other. Um, but um, that was one of the strange ones where you have to take a step back after being a player and, and, and trying to be, you know. Um, one of the main guys in, in locker rooms over the years. Um, that was that was that was a, a strange one. I'll definitely say that, like where you have to completely take a backwards seat and um, and, and leave the guys in the locker room be their own thing because um, you know you there, there there definitely needs to be a little bit of separation. Found that hard in the beginning, but uh, as time went on, it, it just became more and more normal, and and I get it. Let's get to your, your your two years here in Indianapolis. We could talk for the rest of the show about great memories from those two years. If I yeah. ask you about a favorite memory or a favorite accomplishment, what immediately comes to your mind? Uh, lifting, lifting the spring trophy, you know, spring championship. Um, I remember having conversations. Just, just I mean, just. Just two reasons to that, really, for me. One, everyone knows the dramatic fashion that it happened. Sure. Which, which everyone and in, in every fan and all, even all the players, everybody involved, will never forget that. Um, it was an unbelievable, amazing night at, at the mic. I just, I still think I see photos. Or I remember, I hadn't even realized the game was over and. I think we had ten thousand people on <laughs> on the field. Um, so obviously, in this, uh, aiming getting the last goal, uh, running over all of us, celebrating as a team. Um, that's one of the reasons. But the, the the other big one to that is, I remember when Tim um, and uh, Peter Wiltz were having conversation with me about coming down, and and Peter uh, especially was like. Um, you like believe me, you're going to be blown away by the fan support here and and, and how much of a, a great culture is within the club. And um, he said, you know, we've had some tough days um, where we didn't win at home for a while. He said, we, we, you know, these fans deserve something. They deserve a trophy. They deserve they deserve their night. Uh, and I remember him saying that, and a lot of people say that to you. You know, okay, you're putting pressure on. Uh, you're telling us that we've got to get the job done. It's all part of it. Um, but I realised that quickly uh, as after two, three games, I was like, yeah, they, they stuck with us. Um, and uh, yeah, to, to, to give them that first piece of silverware in club history is something that something that is definitely. One of my top moments in my career, and definitely the number one while I was at Indy. Well, the thing is, if I ask fans their memory of you, it is probably the playoff game that resulted from that win that night because of the blow to the head you took before halftime 
wearing the head wrap, and of course Edmonton was going to test you as soon as the second they were going to, they were going to send a long ball down to see how you were going to play it. So from that playoff win against Edmonton in November of 2016, what memories come flooding back to your mind? I don't remember any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Brian done a great. Brian, I'll get Brian into it. Brian done well. It was just, yeah. It was again. It was um, it was satisfactory because we we knew we had a great group of guys. We knew how much work we had put in and um, getting to the Super Bowl against you know the storied Cosmos. I had some unfinished business, which um, I still have, I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it's just another one of them nights. Look, uh, you know, people say fuck that would. People say it to me all the time. That was a great uh, ninety minutes performance you put in. You you gave it everything and all that stuff. But um, you know, for me, especially, and I tell the players now, you know, heart, desire, running, um, commitment, all them things are. Um, you know, I should be a given in any professional footballer's career. So, um, for me, yeah, it was just, it, it was just uh, trying, trying to do my job, basically. And unfortunately, I had a couple of war wounds that night, but uh, <laughs> we lived, we lived, we, we lived to tell the tale. And um, uh, that was, yeah, it was, it was rewarding afterwards to to go through a game like that. Not just me, everybody. It was a grueling game. Edmonton were, you know, everyone knows, Edmonton were an absolute nightmare to play against. Yep. Um, you know, physical. Uh, you, like, uh, you you know when a ball is hanging up there and you've got a clear header at it, you, you know even though you're winning it, you know you're still getting clattered. Um, very defensive, well-organized, disciplined. Um, some big boys, as I said, so... It was always, it was always going to be a fight against them, and then, um, you know, just to take a deep breath after the game. Uh, I'm sure everybody else was like, very, very happy that that we got through it and uh, and got the right result, and uh, and then it led to, um, it led to great numbers following us to New York, which is another great memory. When, from 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 seeing from seeing the guys going there, obviously the game <laughs> gives me uh, different memories. Again, Colin Falvey, our guest here on Soccer Saturday, ninety three five one zero seven five. The fan. A couple more things, and, and then we'll let you go. When no you, worries. When, when you look back, when you when you get the offer to come play for the Wilmington Hammerheads in two thousand nine, <laughs> could you have had any idea that you end up spending most of the next eleven years and probably we hope for the foreseeable future here playing in the States or even in Canada? Zero. I'll, I'll be honest. The reason the reason I signed with Wilmington was I was playing in New Zealand and the plan was to go back to Europe. I had some things set up in England. But the way the timing worked, New Zealand League finished and the window in Europe had closed. Um, and I would have had to wait like three months, I think, Um yeah, like might have finished in February or March, and then I would have to wait till the the June, July, the summer transfer window in Europe. Um, and being a young kid, I wasn't in a position to sit around and wait for four or five months. Um, and the US season was just getting up and running at that point. The, the time frame, 
kind of worked out. And I said, you know what, I'll go there till the end of summer and then back to Europe. And as you said, I, I, I had no, no idea it was going to turn into um, turn into my U.S. and that was my uh, second home, you know. We talk about how much in different places Eamon, you know, has played at. And obviously playing in Iran is, is, is of that what catches your attention. But my friend on the line here obviously spent time playing in his native Ireland, but has played in New Zealand, India, the United States, and Canada. So clearly your passport's gotten quite the workout during your soccer career. Hey, yeah, I mean, even just, sorry, if you even go back in your last question, something I forgot to mention was, my roommate is, is the head coach of Sacramento now from my days in Wilmington. Wow. So that will tell you um, how you know how things how things work out. You know we've stayed in contact. We haven't seen each other in a while, and then um, that's how it kind of all came about. But just that one move alone to Wilmington in the beginning has played a part in me now where I'm at even to this day. So it's crazy. Um, yeah, the, the countries you mentioned. All phenomenal experiences. Passport, as you said, definitely got a got a beating. But um, I've always looked at football uh, as an opportunity to to go and uh, and and travel, use the ball as a passport, if you like, and uh, get to experience new cultures, new places, new people. Uh, and you know, it's something that um, something I'm blessed with, man. To be honest, it's it's been a hell of a ride, and. Um, and I'd like, I'd like to continue it. No doubt about that. And hopefully in the very near future, we'll all continue it. And uh, we can hope for an Indy 11 Sacramento Republic USL championship. That's at least the hope for this conversation. Uh, 100% I'll be happy with that. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure my, I'm, I'm sure my Charleston, my Charleston fans will disagree. Sure. Um, um, but no, yeah, that would be a nice look. Be a nice Nice final, nice, nice way to see you guys. Maybe the league can even do a two-legged affair, so we can. We there can you go. Both sides. <laughs> a, li- a little home and home. I like it, buddy. It's great catching up with you, man. Stay safe. Look forward to seeing you in person real soon. Take care, and we'll talk again down the road. Okay. Appreciate it, Greg. Thanks for having us on. Couple of quick things. My other Colin Falvey memory that I will share with you will be be, and I talked about this last week because of the San Francisco Deltas theme we had on last week's show. But at that match, Colin took a hit at the end of the first half, right in front of me and right in front of the Indy Eleven bench. That I'm like, that dude ain't playing in the second half, and yet we may not see him in the next couple of weeks. He was back out to start the second half. Uh, one of the reasons why he was named captain at so many stops along the way was because of the leadership that he showed, and not just in talking about it, but in being about it. And uh, he'll be a head coach at some point in time in the very near future. He talks about the opportunity in Sacramento. Obviously, they are bound for Major League Soccer in the very near future. So not just the opportunity to jump from League One to the championship, but potentially to coach at the top level of American soccer. That obviously is something that Colin could not pass up. That may be the single longest segment in Soccer Saturday history. A solid 20 minutes with Colin Falvey. We'll come back and uh, we're going to play another soundbite, a voice from the past of the Indy 11, and tell you where you can find more of that conversation. That comes your way next. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
Welcome back. It is Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, a special thank you to our fantastic producer in Eddie Garrison, who does a great job in making sure our signal gets to you each and every Saturday morning. Now, you can tell by the late nature of the hour, we do not have time for a full conversation, especially one with Peter Wilt because his conversations tend to run long because he packs so much good information in it. In fact, as of last week and then made available to the public last night, he and I had about a 40-minute conversation for the day job. You know, while I am the voice of the Indy 11, uh, the primary thing I do Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, or as much of a 9 to 5 job as it was until the world stopped spinning about six or seven weeks ago, is I'm the vice president of the ISC Sports Network. And as what we are doing without live sports to telecast, televise, produce, stream, etc., well, uh, your boy here is spending a whole lot of time on Zoom interviewing friends, uh, people that I have gotten to know over the years, which means I think I know their backstory, which means I think we can have an interesting conversation. So the most interesting of conversations, as some of you know, tends to be from Peter Will. The full thing is available at iscsportsnetwork.com. I made it available to the Brickyard Battalion Facebook page last night. And if you follow me on Twitter at Greg Rakestraw, you will see me having retweeted the conversation from a night ago i thought i would play you a clip so in long detail here's how the indy 11 got their name from a guy that was there the moment the idea was hatched peter wilt you know the brickyard battalion was so important to uh, the genesis of the team and talking to all of them uh derek ritchie in, in particular early on and then um peter evans uh very important in teaching me the history of Indianapolis and Indiana and what's important uh, to the community. And when we did the naming, uh, I'll say contest, really it was a, a naming survey. Uh, the most popular name was Racing Indy FC, which was yeah. the virtual team Brickyard Battalion had established uh, long before uh, Indy 11 came about. Uh, for various reasons, it wasn't going to be Racing Indy FC. Right. And uh, we wanted to get a name that resonated with uh, the community. And Tom Dunmore, our vice president of marketing at the time, uh, and really an integral figure in the success of Indy 11 over the years, uh, he and I went through the names that were submitted, and we noticed that a lot of them were military-type names, whether it was battalion or arsenal or gunners or whatever it was, and, and we researched and we found that Indiana was actually, is to this day, uh, the top volunteer state for the military in the United States by percentage. This goes back to the Civil War. And while Tom and I are personally pacifist, <laughs> you give the people what they want. And they wanted a military connected name. And we went to the Indiana World War Memorial uh, to come up with ideas, which by the way, is my favorite building in the state of Indiana, if not the world, especially the shrine at the, at the, at the top is remarkable. And I've gotten to know General Stuart Goodwin, who, who runs the, the World War Memorials uh, in Indianapolis, and asked him for his ideas on a name and told him we wanted to look around and get some ideas. He says, I don't have a name for you, but by all means, go around, talk to our staff. They may have suggestions for you. 
we talked to the collections manager, a woman named Donna Schmink, a, a who uh, uh, I don't think had any idea what soccer was. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think she knew 11 players were on the field to start a game, uh, but she is the one that suggested 11 honor to the first infantry regiment mustered for the Civil War by the famous General Lou Wallace, the 11th Infantry Regiment. Tom and I kind of start looking at each other like 11, okay. And then as we're talking this through, Donna mentions to us that the anniversary of mustering the 11th Infantry Regiment in 1861 was on April 25th, which happened to be about three weeks from the day we were talking yep. to her. <laughs> and we thought, perfect. That gives us just enough time to get the merchandise ordered, <laughs> the logo designed, and I uh, schedule a press conference uh, to announce it. So April 25th, uh, 2013 is when Indy 11 was announced. Again, that's about like 6% of our conversation. ISCSportsNetwork.com has more. We will continue to mix in some soccer conversation over the next few weeks. For example, I talked to Brad Hodder on Thursday, an episode that will debut at some point in time next week. Coming up this week, I will film one with Nipun Chopra from SockTakes.com and SockTakes TV, and uh, that will debut the following week. So we will mix in some soccer conversation on a weekly basis on these programs, and I get to show off my wonderful scarf collection as a part of it as well. I'm no Peter Evans on that front, but I'm doing okay. Back to wrap up the show, Soccer Saturday, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back for the final time this morning, Soccer Saturday, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. A reminder, you can catch the Indy Limit on YouTube tonight, 7 o'clock from April of 2015. Sergio Pena, the half-court heave. Indy 11 gets their first road win of 2015. You can relive that at 7 o'clock this evening because that is from the San Antonio telecast. My buddy Lincoln Rose on the play-by-play -play that night from San Antonio. And then tomorrow, the miracle at the mic. June 11th, 2016, Indy 11, Carolina Railhawks, Eamon Zayed hat trick, and an NASL spring season championship, not to mention Brad Ring chugs a beer. That's tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Indy 11 Classics on my Indy TV 23. As far as dates to consider, again, the USL Championship training moratorium uh, at this point in time is through May 3rd. Again, is that likely to push back? Probably, but nothing official yet. Both Major League Soccer and the NWSL have extended their training moratoriums until May the 15th. As far as global soccer is concerned, all eyes look towards the Bundesliga who are hoping to restart their season behind closed fans as of May 9th. And they have announced that this season and the start of next season, all the way through 2020, will be with matches without fans. And while that um, seems or seemed preposterous six, seven weeks ago, now I think we would welcomely embrace that. And while I tend to be much more of a Premier League person, as you know, as you know, uh, I can spreck and see Bundesliga if it's the only thing going. And it's a high quality of soccer, and we'll all be finding games on the Fox family of networks if, fingers crossed, they resume play uh, in two weeks 
on May the 9th. We'll do it all again next week. Thank you, Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Drew Connor. Thank you, Peter Wilt. And what a conversation with Colin Falvey. This has been Soccer Saturday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.